Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. What say you? We do a little basketball here, Bart. Let's do that basketball. In uh, I'm in for Alan Hahn this week, who's uh, off for the NBA All-Star break. <laughs> off for um, nothing. I do. Uh, I dabble in the basketball space from time to time, so I'll give it a try here because it is time okay. for Hans Hoops Hierarchy. It's brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management. Basketball is my favorite sport. Having a hard time figuring out where things fit? Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. You're in the right place. What I say... When it comes to this basketball team, is the law. Here's Hans Hoops Hierarchy. Game blouses. All right, let's give it a go. We resume the NBA season tomorrow. It's the stretch run. 25 to 30 games for each team coming off the All-Star break. So not the traditional midway point of the season. And I'm going to go through my top five storylines as the NBA season resumes. Let's get it going. Number five. So we had some conversation, Bart, about this on yesterday's show. The Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks of Doc Rivers. The Milwaukee Bucks of Damian Lillard under all that pressure. And, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks of Giannis Antetokounmpo. What exactly are the Milwaukee Bucks? Because as I look at them, they are, to me, the most maligned title contender with a top five player that I can remember seeing. They're 35 and 21. They're just a couple of years removed from winning their first NBA championship in a half century. But the last three weeks have been tumultuous at best. They had a 30 and 13 record and made the bold move of firing their head coach, Adrian Griffin. And it's safe to say it has not gone well since. They're now 35 and 21. Since making that move, they've gone 5 and 8. They pulled Doc Rivers out of the ESPN television booth, and they've gone 3-7 and seven with Doc in charge. And there's just been a lot of noise surrounding this franchise. Um, we heard J.J. Reddick's comments yesterday about his former coach, Doc Rivers, and his lack of accountability throughout his career. Um, does Giannis boil over? Giannis is one of the most intense dudes I think that you'll see on a basketball court. And a lot of times the intensity boils up so much that I'm not sure if he's going to snap or not. We spoke yesterday, Bart, about the spotlight on Damian Lillard. You think that he's under more pressure than most other superstars in the NBA to deliver this season. Well, the one thing we know with Damian Lillard is he's going to have his opportunity to do that. Yeah, uh, and he hasn't been healthy. Listen, Doc Rivers, I, I don't know why people want to keep pulling people out the uh, the ESPN booth. It didn't work out for Jeff Saturday, and it doesn't look like it's going to work out for um, for Doc Rivers. Uh, it's a lot of pressure on, on Giannis as well. And listen, I know he signed the extension, but how often have you heard this phrase? Disgruntled superstar wants out, he gets out. 
And, you know, they have to be careful because, remember, he Giannis was hesitant to sign his extension um, until the Dame Lillard um, decision was made, until guys like Brooke Lopez was back. And if I'm Giannis, if I can't win with this team, I don't know if I can win with any because Bobby Porter is only going to get older. You know, Brooke Lopez is only going to get older. And if they get bounced early, I don't know, like – can you fire another coach? How many coaches are they still have a payroll? You mentioned they won the title two years ago. Well, guess what? They were paying that coach too. Yep. And now they now they're paying Griffin. Yep. Now they're paying Doc. Yep. So Yeah, Doc doesn't work for free. So what I'm trying to say is like this can be a disgruntled superstar that wants out and a team that has to reset. They're already good. They won a championship, so their fan base understands that they want a fan that they won. Giannis doesn't seem like the the the, the most loyal guy when you think about tied to stand with Milwaukee. So this is something that I feel like Knicks fans have to watch. I feel like everybody has to watch because Giannis could be shaking loose. I think the Knicks fans felt they were close last offseason. Giannis made some comments to the New York Times basically saying that in a year I have to make sure that the franchise's commitment to winning is the same as my commitment to winning. And what resulted from that was the trade for Damian Lillard, and they gave up a lot. And in doing that, they sent Drew Holiday, who's a perfectly fitted piece to one of their chief rivals in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. So, uh, <laughs> Well, they didn't send him here directly. They sent no, him they to what, Portland first. They right. had to have had some foresight to know that that was a possibility. Where did they think he was going to go? To Charlotte? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was interesting. But I'll tell you what, man, like it's, it's something to watch. And can Doc does Doc have enough time and practice time to pull this team together? That's the issue. No practice time when it's the regular season come. You're hitting the ground running. So can they one get their defense rotations? Because you know you get Dame Dollar, you get one of the best shooters in all of basketball, one of the best closers, but you also get a defensive liability. And teams are going to search them up. They can't figure out how to beat them. They better hope they don't play the Pacers in the first round because they can be exited in the first round just playing the Pacers by themselves. So that's my number five storyline. Are the Milwaukee Bucks title contenders? Number four. All right. Go to the Western Conference. Can either of the old Lions in the West make a stand? And, of course, I'm talking about the L.A. Lakers. And I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. Currently, the Lakers are in ninth place in the Western Conference. Three and a half games behind the sixth spot, which would avoid the play-in tournament. The Warriors are in 10th place. They're five games behind six. Now, they're both playing their best basketball of the season. Lakers are 8-3 and three in their last 11. That includes an impressive nationally televised win over the Knicks at Madison Square Garden that snapped their nine-game winning streak. The Warriors are 8-2 and two over their last 10. They're going to be at the Garden a week from tomorrow on February 29th for their one and only visit. Both teams have proven winners. Both went to the Western Conference second round last year. The Lakers beat the Warriors there and advanced to the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The Warriors still have Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. So it's a scary... What what, what, what are you laughing at, Draymond? You're laughing at Draymond. Right. That's combined 20 points. That's combined 30 points. (laughs) Draymond's uh, value is on the other side of the court. Kaminga and the Golden State Warriors. Kaminga's playing the best basketball of his career right now, and it's led to that 8-2 and two record over their last 10 games. So, listen, are they a team with Curry, 
and with the infrastructure of that team as they continue to play well that you're going to want to face in the first round of the playoffs. Either of these two teams, the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. But here's the interesting thing. If the season ended today, they would actually face each other in the play-in tournament in an elimination game. But the uh, Lakers and the Warriors are their recent hot stretches just a hot stretch or is it the sign of either or both of those teams being able to make one last stand during the stretch run of this season? I mean, let's start with Golden State. Um, when I look at Golden State, you know, you look at you talk about, you know, sending Clay to the bench. You know, he was, you know, sourpuss, you know, the first time. The second time he came out, put up 30 points coming off the bench. Um, he's going to have to embrace that role. But even with that, I just don't know if they're big enough or they're deep enough with enough scoring to be able to do that. I mean, poor Steph, you know, they're wasting his prime. And I think this offseason we're definitely not going to see Clay on this team. And they have to try and figure out how they can get better. And, you know, some of the tradable pieces is Wiggins. And Wiggins just – nobody wanted him. They made him available. He, nobody wants him. You got Moody. Uh, Kaminga is young and talented, but I, I don't know if he's ready to take it to the next level. I think this is a lost season for the um, – for, for the Golden State Warriors and will management continue to want to pay the luxury tax that they have to pay, especially with the new rules coming in. This could be the end for the Lakers as we know it. This could be the end as for the Golden State Warriors as we know it, the end of an era, at least in this iteration. And I don't know if – I know Steph's not going anywhere. I know LeBron's not going anywhere. But can you make major deals and major moves? You know, Le- LeBron and the, and the Lakers don't have any more moves left. Hell, do they have a first-round draft pick one before 2030? 2029, I believe they can trade. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, they got to start thinking about the future. They got their bubble championship. LeBron can say, I didn't. I came to L.A. and I, I'm one of the free agents that won. But I think it's over with, man. When you look at what's going on in the West, everybody's so much better, younger, bigger, more exciting, better salary cap space. Denver, OKC is somebody to deal with. Anthony Edwards, that's three. You can't sleep on Sacramento. The, the the Clippers hard the prime or are, are, that's four right there. I don't I I can't believe if they get matched up with any one of those that they can win a series. As Bart steps all over one of my upcoming storylines. Guess what? By the way, when the second half of the season resumes tomorrow, it will be the Lakers against the Warriors in San Francisco. As we move on. Number three. I'll keep this one close to home. It's the Knicks. Can they get healthy? And if fully healthy. What kind of a run can they make in the postseason? Now, if they're healthy, and we spoke about this yesterday, Bart, is there a team in the East outside of Boston that the Knicks can't beat? And and frankly, can they beat Boston? The Knicks, 1 through 12, have the most depth in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Celtics, 1 through 6, are the best team in the NBA. But assuming health for the Knicks, and that's the more important part of this question, Okay, and OG Ananobi spoke yesterday, and it doesn't sound like his return is around the corner. It doesn't sound like Julius Randle's return is around the corner. So we're going to have to wait and see a little bit longer for those two really important guys. But if fully healthy, do the Milwaukee Bucks scare you from a Knicks perspective? I would say no. How about the 76ers? How about the Cavaliers? We saw that movie last spring. So can the Knicks make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals? I think they can. I concur. Message is authentic. I mean, we go with the uh, Inspector Gadget. I mean, listen, I think they can compete with anybody. Now, I think Sneaky 
and we we need they need to figure out and prove that they can do something with Indiana because Indiana is starting to become a dark horse. They made the trade for Siakam. Let's see what you know they playing well. Halliburton, you know, was on an MVP caliber type of uh, season, a, a All NBA type of season before the injuries and the restrictions for him. And now all of a sudden, now we got to deal with these pesky Cavaliers. So you know, it's a lot to be proven, but I think the most important is health and battle of attrition. So what team, you know, has to, to play without their superstar or a compromised superstar like the Knicks had to last year when Julius Randle hurt his foot? 33-22 and 22 at the break, 27 games remaining. They resume in Philadelphia tomorrow against the 76ers, and then they're home for four games. The Celtics, the Pistons, the Pelicans, and the Warriors. They go to Cleveland, and then another four-game homestand against the Hawks, the Magic, and two against the 76ers. So not the easiest schedule in the world, especially considering they're likely not going to be 100% for a bunch of those games. Number uno. Number two. Ah, how will the West be won? You, you, you mentioned the key players in this earlier, Bart. You got Minnesota in first place, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, and Denver. The top four teams right now in the West are separated by three games. On top of that, a team that I'm still keeping my eye on is Phoenix. They're 14-8 and eight this season when Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal all play. They're 19-14 and 14 without them, and they're only three games behind Denver. Phoenix is currently in fifth place in the Western Conference. Denver has lost three in a row, but they proved last year that they can turn it on in the playoffs. They slumped down the stretch of the regular season last year. They still had the number one seed, and they have one of the best home court advantages in the NBA. They also have the best player in the NBA who has proven that he can do it at a high level in the postseason. The team to watch for me from Denver's perspective is Minnesota because of their size, not just inside with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, but they've got a a lot of length on the perimeter as well. And I think of all the teams in the West, they're the toughest matchup for Denver. So where are you going in this uh, quintet of Minnesota, OKC, the Clippers, Denver, and I'll include Mm. Phoenix in there. I think Phoenix is by far the furthest away. So if I had to, if I had to bet them, I would probably say, give me the four superstars, all accepting their role. When you talk about the Clippers, then I say, okay, let's go there. Then I would probably go Denver because the heart of a champion, the best player uh, on the planet, in Jokic. Then I'm probably going OKC. Then. No, yeah, it's neck and neck between OKC and Minnesota, man. You know, but you think that maybe the experience that Minnesota got last year um, in the playoffs helped them out a little bit. I don't know, man. This is crazy. Like, it's th- crazy. It can be anybody. Health is going to be a big thing. And also matchups, right? Because if you look at the matchups, maybe with uh, OKC gets matched up against on uh, the Nuggets, maybe that's a bad, bad uh, matchup because they, they, yeah, they don't have they don't have enough. And Chet is like a string bean, man. Like like Jokic eats that for lunch, you know. So, but but if they get matched up against you know um, Phoenix, you know that youth and and the pressure that they can put on Booker and and, and Bill with that bad back, it's gonna be interesting, man. I, the, the the West is wide open, and that's why I say that L.A. and and, and Golden State has no chance. 
LA and Gold. Yeah, well, that's fair. OKC to me is the one real kind of unknown in this whole thing. And and I put them, if I'm ranking these five teams, I actually put them at the bottom just because of their inexperience. And I also don't they, like the fact that they yeah. didn't beef up their front line at the trade right. deadline. But they did go to the playoffs last year, so they do have playoff experience. Play-in experience. Did they yeah, play-in experience. Play yeah, they lost in the play-in tournament. But, yeah, you t- they, they probably have, I think, a little bit less than 7,000 draft picks from all the trades that they've made, like you I was surprised that they didn't one of do them anything in for Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I just thought they was going to try and do something a little bit more. I mean, hell, I, Drummond. I don't know if Drummond fits, but he a big body that can smack the arm of Jokic. Uh, but they're they're definitely a team that in the future it's going to be something to deal with. But it could be a little a year too early for them. I think it is. I put I give Denver the edge, the experience. They have the best player. They just did it last year. And the other reason I give them the edge over the Clippers, who I have number two, is still health. I, I, I you know, we saw it again last year. Clippers looked really good in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard was the best player on the floor against the Phoenix Suns. And next thing you know, he was gone. I, but he's I, playing. But he's playing he's back playing to back now. this year. I know. So. He's playing now. Listen, um, I put the Clippers second. I actually put Phoenix third in that group, followed mm. by Minnesota and Oklahoma City. I'm a little higher on Phoenix uh, than most, I would guess. And that brings us to number one. Are you taking the Celtics or are you taking the field? Because I don't know if we're overthinking this or not, but the Celtics at 43 and 12 have just been so much better than every other team in the NBA this season. They're six games ahead of everyone in the East. They're four games ahead of everyone else in the NBA. They've got a plus 10.1 point differential. That's the best in the NBA by nearly three points per game. And they're virtually unbeatable at home. They're 26-3 and at home. And unless something drastic changes over the last 25 or so games, they are going to have home court advantage through the NBA Finals. No, they lost a brick brick a brickless brick brick um i just don't know man like they they can disappear man like and you know they've come up small and you you wait for this group who has tremendous experience in the postseason to kindly finally see it forward man they've been in the finals and they've fallen flat you know do you trust the, the coach to make the right moves and the adjustments because i know that's been some of the criticism there and it's all you know you talk about Kawhi and how nervous you are about Kawhi. Well, how do you feel about Porzingis and his health history? So do you think that he can stay healthy and, and, and deep for a, a, a big run? You know, because this is a totally different team without Porzingis there. He's what makes them special because he's a he's a stretch five who can shoot the jumper but also play traditional big man where he alter shots and be able to make it difficult in the lane. We saw that firsthand against the Knicks in the first game of the season. Everybody has question marks, and amazing, I don't know right? if I feel comfortable about any of them. I, I can see any of these worst-case scenarios happening for the team. It's so hard to predict the teams where the question mark is health, and the Knicks are one of those teams, the Clippers are one of those teams, and yeah, the Celtics are one of those teams because of Chris Stapp's Porzingis. He's been in and out of the lineup all year long. When he's in the lineup, they are the best team with the best starting five by far in the NBA. There's their starting five of Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Porzingis, a 10.6 net rating. But if Porzingis is out, then my feeling on the Celtics changes considerably. All right, that is Hans Hoops Hierarchy. He presumably will be back to do it himself next week. It's brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management. For a pain-free life, visit samwellpain.com. 
Tullamore.com. It's Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York. This portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. We'll open the phone lines back up. 1-800-919-3776. Also, audio files coming up as we continue on this Wednesday afternoon on 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Um, local basketball teams uh, resume tomorrow night. The Knicks, as we mentioned, in Philadelphia. The Nets are in Toronto to take on the Raptors. It'll be the Nets' first game with their interim head coach, Kevin Ollie, who has a lot of head coaching experience on the college level, leading UConn to the national championship back in 2014. Uh, For the Knicks, no Randall and no OG Ananobi still. The hope is that the other Knicks who were out of action just before the All-Star break. The DiVincenzos, the Hartensteins, the Boyan Bogdanoviches will be able to play against the 76ers team that will 
once again be missing Joel Embiid. And those two teams are only separated by a half game in the standings right now. Nick's a half game ahead of the 76ers who are tied in the loss column with the Knicks. All right, one thirty. You know what that means. It is time for us to step aside and let the newsmakers of the day have their say. It is time for Audio File. The Audio File. All right, here we go. We haven't uh, touched on the baseball yet. Let's do that baseball. A lot of conversation about it yesterday. We heard from Aaron Judge yesterday. Yeah. Back, presumably healthy. We think, anyway. We right? think. That's, that's the key to the... The Yankee season, we, we can agree that that's a linchpin to the Yankees' success this year is Aaron Judge being healthy and available to play because he and Juan Soto aren't the best one-two combination in baseball if one of them ain't there. That is true, and that's what you could worry about when you give the guy the bag and he's two, 280 and he's 6'6". You hope that you ain't regretting it like A-Rod, and you hope that he can stay healthy in the twinkle, twinkle toes. Has already ah, had me concerned. There you go. Toes. No pun intended, or perhaps it was intended, because uh, Aaron Judge addressed yesterday at spring training the injured toe that kept him out of action for several weeks in the middle of last season. Yeah, it's just going to be, a, I think, a constant maintenance, I think, the rest of my career. It's just something, anything with injuries like that, you just got to stay on top of it so it doesn't doesn't flare up again or something doesn't happen again. So we're feeling good right now. We're out there. We're moving. We're grooving. So we're going to try to keep it that way. Bart, when it comes to Frazier? toe injuries, I will defer to you. It's moving and grooving, Clyde Frazier style? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't like that he's concerned about it and thinking about it. Uh, it is a reality uh, that you worry about, you know, how, how that toe is compromised. I don't think he had sur- – did he have surgery on it? I don't know if he had surgery on it. Um, I had a screw put in my, in my toe, and I, I told you that he was going to be out. I told Alan that he was going to be out when he was out, uh, saying, hey, this is not a quick fix because – you know, just imagine trying to do anything with a thumb. I just worry about, like, him and if he ever stuffs that toe again because you can also get turf toe again, and that 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 joint becomes arthritic, and when it becomes arthritic, it becomes a lot harder to manage when you think about swelling, uh, pain, and things of that sort. So, you know, he, health is going to be a key, and, you know, at least you have a guy like Juan Soto. If he's down, he has to take some time off because of inflammation that can – carry the load offensively at least you hope he was limited to 106 games last season and really things kind of cratered for the Yankees after the injury that he suffered on June 3rd he did not return until after the all-star break on July 28th so out of action last year for a full month and a half and Juan Soto well he's an interesting piece to this puzzle because he is now here giving the Yankees when healthy two upper echelon batters right in the middle of that batting order. And Judge was asked about that combination because could we see Judge bat second and Juan Soto bat third or Soto second and Aaron Judge third? Well, Judge was asked about that scenario. Man, when you got a guy like Soto, I'd love to hit behind him. You know, if he hits two, you know, or even if, you know, I'm hitting second, he's hitting third, and he's driving me in. You know, I'll take either of those outcomes because that means we're scoring runs. So, you know, however Booney's going to come up with, with the lineup, you know, I know he puts a lot of thought into that. You know, he asks a lot of us, too, as players, like how we feel about certain things. I know he, he knows that matters to us. So I'll be happy anywhere Soto hits. As long as he's in the lineup every day, I'm going to be happy. Okay. I mean, like like you talk about, providing some protection for, for Judge, but also, um, I thought that the uh, you always want your best hitter at number two so you can get multiple at-bats. 
to be interesting to see because I thought it would be a competition, a healthy competition between him and Giancarlo. Giancarlo hasn't been able to stay healthy. Like, you know, you talk about guys pushing for who's the best player on the team. And, you know, finally now I think Judge has a guy that, one, he can mentor, but, two, that's as talented as him and eventually will be the best player on the team if he's not already the best player on the team now. He might be the best offensive player in Major League Baseball right now. Is he better than Acuna? He could be. If you start on the team, who are you starting with? Uh, probably Acuna because he does more. Okay. Better defender, better uh, base stealer. But as far as just strictly from the batter's box out, getting on base, I think Juan Soto could be the best in Major League Baseball uh, at doing that. I like him at two because we're assuming DJ LeMay, who's going to be in the leadoff spot, he's a righty. You know, I think it's always beneficial when you can to alternate righties and lefties. Uh, so you go with the righty LeMahieu and then Soto at number two. Also, he gets on base at a higher rate than Judge or a higher rate than anyone. And Judge is a better uh, run producer. So if you get those guys on base in front of Aaron Judge, I think it works yeah. nicely, too. I think yeah, Judge yeah. is on the right track. Yeah, you can't pitch around him then at that point, too, right? Especially if he's on base. Yeah, yeah. come with Anthony Rizzo four. You keep the righty lefty righty lefty thing going and. And away you go. John Carlos Stanton at five if he's healthy. All right, so we'll see how that all plays out. Yankees spring training games begin this weekend. Uh, meanwhile. Already? Yes, sir. We just finished football. Well, here we go. Games this weekend. Um, we spent some time this week talking about the Brooklyn Nets and their head coaching situation. On Monday, Jock Vaughn, in the middle of the All-Star break, was relieved of his duties as their head coach, relieved of his duties for the second time uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, he don't call me. Don't call me again. was replaced by Steve Nash, and then he replaced Steve Nash and then was given the permanent role. So uh, Sean Marks, who has seen several iterations under his stewardship as the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. He came into Brooklyn when they were the worst team in the NBA with no draft picks, and he saw them through the rebuilding era, which led to the Kevin Durant and Kyrie era, which begat the Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden era, which spun into the KD, Kyrie, and Ben (laughs) Simmons era. And now, well, now you got a 21-33 and team that's 6-18, and in its last 24 with no clear direction. So perhaps Sean Marks um, can provide us with some direction. He was asked if there is concern that potential free agents and coaches would see his franchise that once prided itself on culture, could people see his franchise and team as unstable? I would hope not. I mean, I think it's in some way it's pro sports. It's unfortunately the world we live in. I couldn't have predicted the last five or six years like none of us in this room could have predicted. So the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows that not only we've gone through, but everybody's gone through. I think I could make, you know, every excuse, but my job isn't up here to say, well, we all have to go through this, that or the other and the continuity from injury and and so forth. So I'm going to move on from that, focus on, on these guys right now. And, uh, you know, as I said, we've, we've shown the ability to put this franchise, you know, at the top of the map, and th- that's the plan to do again. And, and we want this to be a destination where not only uh, free agents want to come, but where we can develop our own guys. So we've shown we've done that in the past. We want to do that again. And, you know, we've got our own free agents to recruit. We've got, we've got to show them that there's a path to win here, and that's really, really important, not only for them, but for our fan base as well. When? When did they – when did they – did I miss something? Yeah, they developed when they just had a bunch of guys, Levert, Jared Allen, then as soon as they got good, they traded them. Couldn't trade them fast enough. Like, what culture? Like, the culture is 
It's for sale. The culture ended the day that they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But it's not the first time. This is the second time this organization has went big fish hunting and brought in guys. Last time it was a bunch of old guys. Yes, it was. And Sean Marks actually did a masterful job digging out of that. When he took over the Nets, they were they were 20-62 and 62 his first year. And in 2016, because of that trade with the Celtics, Boston was able to swap picks with the Nets, and they got Jalen Brown. And then the next year, the Nets' position in the lottery won the lottery, but it had to go to Boston, and they got Jason Tatum. Man, I tell you, you talk about losing a deal. That might be the worst, one of the worst deals in the history of sports. They basically gave Boston their dynasty. Or not dynasty because they haven't won yet. But yeah, man. Boston hasn't made it into a dynasty, but it's uh, it's trending in that direction. More so than the Nets are trending in that direction. They did spend, I would say, a week and a half on the top of the map, as Sean Mark said. The difficult thing is when you're not the number one team in the city, are you going to be able to do it again? Because all of the, we spoke about this with a caller earlier, all of the planets had to align for the Nets to be in position Mm -hmm. in New York where they were the more attractive franchise than the more established franchise at the exact same time that two stars like Durant and Irving became available and were in position to choose the Nets. That happened once. You don't win the lottery twice. You won the lottery there and it netted you one playoff series victory. The exact amount of playoff series victories that the Knicks have won during that exact same time frame. Yeah, now, like you said, to your point, now Knicks are the attractive destination. You have teams and people looking at the Knicks like, man, they love playing in the garden. They see what's going on. All of a sudden, Tibbs isn't a guy that people are clamoring for. This is a guy that last year they were clamoring for him to get fired. And now he he may, if he continues to play at a high level, he, he'll be in a conversation for Coach of the Year, which he's already done that once. You know, and I don't know if lightning strikes twice. You know, I know what that's what Sean Marks is hoping for, but the the Knicks are the cooler team and seems like the better run organization right now. And I know that's subjective, but you know, trends change and trends start in the NF in the NBA. And it looks like right now, if you're picking a team in Gotham City, it's one that you want to be with is the Knicks. Yeah. In every way, shape and form. And that game in um late January where the Nets were in position to upset the Knicks and then the Knicks had a huge fourth quarter comeback and there were 90% Knicks fans inside Barclays Center. If he didn't know before then, you knew after then. Let, let's get one more here as we wrap up audio files on the Nets. I guess the face of the franchise now is Mikael Bridges, who went in Phoenix and starting for an NBA Finals team was a fine complimentary piece, but now he's the face of an NBA franchise, and he spoke yesterday on the situation right now in Brooklyn. I mean, things ain't going good right now, and, <laughs> and that's life. You know, you just it's kind of see what type of person you are, what type of man you are, and I wasn't raised so when things get tough, you know, to to want to leave and get out and things like that. So I know a lot of people might think about different situations and teams. With, obviously, I got my boys over there in New York and stuff, so obviously everybody goes with that. But, you know, I never was the type of guy to ever, you know, put more on my shoulders and things get tough and it's time to cry out and get out. You know, obviously going to be frustration and you point to frustration, you get frustrated throughout the season. That's just how how I am and how people are that really wants to win and compete. And um but no, I definitely got to pay that. I'm here now and want to stay here. And I'm going to keep <laughs> grinding and getting to wherever we got to get to to win. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm here to win. And 
I'm, I'm here Although now. Don't mean nothing with accolades. It all comes with it, so. I'm here now. I mean. I'm, I'm here now. Yeah, now. Like, listen, they could have got a haul and got a bunch of picks back from Houston and, and some talent back from Houston if they wanted to. You know, Bridges is the only thing that they can sell. I'm just so happy that, you know, if Ben Simmons was going to get hurt, he got hurt during the season before they decided to him to, to fool them and play well like he loved basketball, like he's going to heal and be, he's recovered and stuff like that. And then you sign him, then he's in and out of lineup for the next three years. You can't get rid of his contract. So, you know, they'll be moving on from Ben Simmons. Um, he tried it. And, you know, let's see if they can build around Bridges, if that's, if that's, the, if that's the way they decide to go. But – Always have Bridges sitting there looking at his boys, having a hell of a yeah, time, going yeah. jumping on a podcast. It didn't take him long to uh, bring up the cushy situation that those Villanova boys are in across the river right now. My, how, how things have changed over the last three or four years and the fortunes of the two New York franchises. All right, that's audio files. Um, we'll open the phone lines back up, 1-800-919-3776. A lot of conversation on Saquon Barkley. Uh, more NFL offseason news that we'll touch on as well. Uh, as we continue on on Barton Han on 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Incidentally, this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Better quit playing right, so that we, fucky stuff there. We spoke, uh, we spoke about KD and really the kind of whole path of the, the Brooklyn Nets franchise these last several years. Well, Durant uh, and his... What is Rich Kleiman? His partner, his manager, what's the official uh, title? Label his business called? partner. There you go, his business partner. Rich Kleiman and Kevin Durant, of course, have this boardroom venture where they produce content, and uh, they sat down for a lengthy interview uh, in a very nice backdrop in front of a nice fire. It looked like a really nice setting. 
wherever they were, uh, spoke about a number of topics. Now, Kleiman, even during the um, the pursuit of Durant as a free agent in 2019, and this was kind of the ace in the hole that a lot of Knicks fans thought they had. Kleiman's a New Yorker and, and a New York Knicks fan, so there was a lot of thought at the time that maybe he would be directing his client towards the Knicks. That, of course, did not happen. Uh, but Kleiman, during their conversation on the boardroom, here he is telling KD where he really wanted him to go. When you tell the camera and whatever Knicks fans watch this, that I wanted you to go to the Knicks, bro, please. You definitely did. You definitely did, more than anything. I'm in, on an island in New York right now. Because then all of a sudden I was all in Brooklyn. Like, I left four years. I know that was so hard. Two for years. It was so hard to do. Of an obsession. And that's why I love you so much. I knew, And that's probably the toughest thing about anything. That was tough. You thought I had blinders on. You thought I had, like, uh, whatever, like, rose-colored like glasses. Like, Nick's blinders. Yeah. But at the same time, I thought that, like, I was just like, dog, come, just come to the car. You were, if anybody was like my dad, you, like, you love the Knicks. Oh, yeah, your dad was with me, heavy. Uh, 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 love the Knicks. Yeah. yeah, but does he admit that he chose wrong? He did still, choose wrong. He still, but he still didn't admit that he chose wrong. No. And that if Kyrie wasn't going to come, if, if he said, man, I ain't going there, I'm going to the Knicks, Kyrie would have said, all right, let's go, to, let's go there then. Yeah, he, he let Kyrie convince him. If he had all that influence from climbing to say, hey, come here, and Kyrie was able to convince you, otherwise, if you said, nah, man, I ain't going there, bro, I'm good. If not, I'm just going to go link up with uh, Kawhi. Then, then Kyrie would have said, you know what, nah, okay, 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 okay. Come on, man. Stand up, man. You're the older, more senior OG anyway. You don't let the young buck tell you where to go because he got some rolls, courts, and some sage. Well, that was a big part of the problem for Kevin Durant. He always just seemed to be a tick off on his decision making. And that was a crucial point in his career because that was at a point in his career where he was still in his prime and had time yeah. to write the narrative. Now he's basically... You know, we spoke about the Western Conference contenders earlier where Phoenix stands right now. They're the fifth best team in what is now a loaded and a stacked Western Conference. He always, just in terms of basketball, not in terms of anything else, in terms of his situation, always seems to be just a A day late late and dollar dollar short. Yep, see? He does. starting to share a brain, man. Right. Three days together. And he's he's, going to have to live with that, too, because now he would have been in the right situation. And I understand what he was coming off of, coming off the injury. He wasn't going to be able to play, so – Harder for a star to say, hey, I'll go there knowing that I have to carry the load because you won't be able to play the first year. And Kyrie just – even a year where Kyrie decided not to play when they were going in a the bubble, they could have won that bubble championship. KD was ready and, and able to come back, and he could have came back. But they decided, okay, not only did Kyrie not play in a bubble, but he convinced everybody else not to play in a bubble. And it was the most easy, the easiest championship to try and probably win. Yeah, and said they had a, a plucky team – that lost in the first round. I think they were swept by the Toronto Raptors that year. Um, and then the next season was when they went to the second round of the playoffs and came within a a shoe size of reaching the Eastern Conference Finals. Let, let's hear more from KD and Rich Kleiman because, you know, the one quote that's been attributed to Durant in recent years is when he had said that the Knicks aren't cool. So here he is being asked about that. Do me a favor. Clear up something you said for me five years ago, admit the Knicks are cool. At that time, they weren't. I mean, the Knicks weren't cool. 
but they are a cool brand. Like when the Knicks are like on, like right now when they they popping right now, they're they popping. playing well. Last few years they were playing well, but before that they wasn't playing well. But you knew the brand was cool. The brand was cool, but at the time, the, you know, I'm not looking at the the cool brand outside of the game. I was looking about looking at the team, and the team was not cool to play for. The team was not cool to watch. It wasn't a good team to watch. I might have embellished a little bit or a lot of a little bit about like the brand. <laughs> I might have like threw the brand. There we in go. There you too. know it's cool, bro. But yeah, of course the next brand like the New York is living in New York made me truly realize that oh, it's the greatest city in the world. It really is, brother. It really is. Come back then because this thing's gonna blow up and this thing's gonna gonna blow up in um out in Phoenix, man. I I can't see this being successful long term. They they just don't have enough, man. They don't have the assets to go get the people. They try, they're trying. I love me some Aaron Gore Eric Gordon. You know, I just don't know Bill is the wrong third starter to, to hitch their wagon to. Why is this all coming out now? Because he know people want to hear the story and he's trying to sell content. Business man. And can it also be that he feels the same way that you feel about the situation in Phoenix and he's looking for his next opportunity? Exactly. And I'm thinking it's going to be Devin Booker that say I'm out. I'm going to the cool team. Yeah, if you're the Knicks and you can choose between Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, there's no choice who you would want. It's Devin Booker. Exactly. He's a younger star. He's got more, um, you know, more years in front of him than behind him. When you think about KD, I just don't think that's going to end well, man. I, I don't think Bill can hold up long enough to be able to win anything. And you know, it's who's the coach out there because they, they, Monty Williams is in there and Frank Vogel. Yeah, Frank Vogel, great coach, defensive coach. Yeah. I just the West is lit right now, man. They've played well with, with some Beal. young guns. They're fourteen and eight when the three of them play, and that's good over the you know. And the offense has been excellent, but it's still too early to tell. But again, this just seems to me like another example of what we just said with Durant's decision making: a day late and a dollar short. It sounds like now he, 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 he. I mean, I hate to use the word follower, but that's kind of what he's been. Now he sees that the Garden is what the Garden has become in the playoffs last year with Jalen Brunson leading the way, and it's been exemplified this season as the Knicks have ascended to one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. But what he doesn't seem to understand, it's almost like Durant doesn't have enough faith in his basketball ability because I'm not, and I've never questioned his basketball ability. He is one of the best offensive players at the forward position in the history of the game, but he never seemed to have enough confidence that him alone could help turn a situation around. He got got Oklahoma City to a 3-1 to lead in the Western Conference Finals. He didn't play well down the stretch of that series. They blew the series. So instead of trying to run it back and beat the Warriors the next year, he went and he joined the Warriors because it was kind of a basketball utopia situation. And then he didn't like how he was being perceived by going to Golden State. People saying he took the easy way out. His excuse and response to that has always been it's my career I can make the decisions I want to make and that's absolutely true but by the same token fans absolutely have the right to say you took the easy way out so you made the decision to go to Golden State and not get the ultimate credit because you were never going to be the number one guy on that team because it was Stephen Curry and you've got to live with that decision or you've got to find a better situation or what he thought was a better situation, and that's what led him to Brooklyn, but only because he was teaming up with another star. It's like he didn't have the courage to go to New York by himself and see if he could tur- if, if that was enough to turn that situation around. Well, everybody in this today's age is not going to go somewhere if they're the only star. 
right? So I'm not, I'm not faulting him for that. But, I'm, you know, he doesn't have the conviction to kind of put his own squad together. And I don't know if going to Phoenix, if that was him putting his own squad together, right? And, you know, I know LeBron went to, to Miami and that was Dwayne Wade's spot. Um, he's going to argue that, hey, when I went to Golden State, I still was the best player on the court. You can say whatever you want. I was the best player on the court. Yes, they had one without me, but I was the difference, and I was the best player in both of those championships. But, you know, he left for a reason because he could have stayed there and played nice. But he wanted to leave because he wanted to show that, you know, it's kind of like LeBron. Let's go link up with somebody that's won championships before and go play because I think it, the, the relationship was not repairable with um, – with Russell Westbrook, well, Rus- well, Rus- I'm talking oh. Russell Westbrook oh, well, right because there, because yeah. he felt like he couldn't, you know, with Russell Westbrook, he felt like they were still fighting about who's the number one guy, who's supposed to take the last shot and all that stuff. And he saw Golden State, a place where nobody cared who got the credit, and they all won. So I get that, but the move afterwards to follow Kyrie, I don't know how Kyrie was able to convince him to do that, um, and that's one blip in his career, and that's what he's fighting for, to get that one championship to validate itself, to prove that he can win without, you know, he can win without, um, you know, without Steph. Yeah, Yeah, without the Warriors. So prove that he can win one. Because if he wins one or two before he retires, which he could, he who cares? I don't even care if it's a Gary Payton type of title where he's like a guy coming off the bench and he wins one. He wins four. You got to have a real conversation about, you know, his place on on the Mount Rushmore when you think about all the other things that he's done. That's why I think, going back to our conversation yesterday, he's under the most pressure to win in his environment because, you know, he's on a different level than Damian Lillard and James Harden. Those guys, you know, are going to be Hall of Fame players. Durant has a chance, and, and, and it's a fleeting chance now because he kind of just threw away the last four or five years of his career in terms of championship success, and it doesn't look like he's any closer. But if for some reason he can find a situation or turn this current situation around, then, yeah, he does have a chance to be mentioned among the all-time greatest in the history of of the game. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.